0: Play on K, play on K, play on K, play
1: on K. K. Hi everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're doing the next four episodes of Yu-Gi-ESODS episodes twelve through sixteen. And gosh, what a ride. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like uh, 6am or so where Raquel is, (laughs) and she is already so grumpy at this show, it (laughs) might just be the grumpiest podcast.
0: Like, I'm pretty sure last week we essentially, like, tore it apart, but we could find some silver linings. Uh. This week I'm so cranky. I'm just so mad.
1: <laughs> now it's early and it's just going to be worse. We'll try and we'll try and make it good. Just like last week we will find more silver linings. And I I did have a revelation this week. Okay. Hear me out, Raquel. I think this show I think we should make a playlist of shows that you have to binge watch to enjoy. And Goblin and Huayugi would be on that list. Yes. Like, watch it in one weekend.
0: Like, just, like, blitz it and get it out of your system because it's so well done and it is absolutely worth watching. It is. But I. Dragging it out has been the worst on my nerves.
1: It's been a, a ride. And I feel like we're getting heart conditions from watching it for so long. But like, oh my Venus, I could have watched for years. Yeah, I wish that was still going. I think I could have dragged that out. And
0: could have done like sixteen seasons in a movie, and I would have. I'm not even mad. (laughs) You've beaten this horse. I would still watch it
1: (laughs) (laughs) as long as Henry's still in it. (laughs) I'm good, but. uh... Yeah, I think this would have been better if we would have just watched it in one weekend.
0: Yeah, that said, I watched three episodes in a row last night to be ready to record this morning. And it actually gave me a headache. I had like, <laughs> a really bad headache. So I don't know, maybe it would be harder to binge than I think it would. But there's another part of me that like, as soon as we're done with this episode is just going to go finish it. So it's like binge watching it but also then I don't have to endure it any longer. That sounds so mean. Uh, I can hear myself. I can. And I know I don't feel as terrible about it as I'm making it sound. It's a great show, but I have a lot of fun. Why does it feel like this? Right. (laughs) Oh, it's so rough. Yeah. All
1: right. Let's break it down. Let's go through it. And see if there's anything that we liked and see what we if if our dislikes are validated, I guess. We'll come through it and be like, This is what we loved, this is what we thought we didn't like, but it's kinda dumb looking back at the notes. And here's what we really didn't like and seems like a valid thing to dislike.
0: I think that's fair. Yep. I think that's how I will be able to actually sort through all the feelings and heart conditions that the show has given me. <laughs> so,
1: okay, so, episode 13.
0: Yes. It yes. starts out finding out pretty quickly that Asanyeo was not able to enchant Ogong like she thought she would definitely be able to. But first you watch her take off the bracelet. And I was just kind of like, no, that gave it away. It was a giveaway. I was like, there's no way it's real because it can't be that easy to take it off.
1: Oh, Raquel, you're so much more adult than I am. I was like, <laughs> no, I was in it. I was dying. <laughs> she just took it off. It was that easy. Oh, my God. What do we do now? No, it was a big out.
0: The show is over. He's going to go eat her. He's going <laughs> to go eat some junk. <laughs> God,
1: um, yeah, as a fake out, which I don't know if we've talked about this before. Sorry if I'm playing a broken record here, but they kind of do that a lot, especially with the cliffhangers at the end of the episodes, where if you watch like the first five or ten minutes of this next episode, it's uh resolved. It's fine.
0: I've noticed that. Some K-dramas are a lot worse about it than others, too. I remember in Goblin seeing, like, a huge spoiler in the little next time on bits, and I was just so mad that they even included it. I was like, guys, you can't. It doesn't matter if it's out of context. (laughs) I know what you just said.
1: Oh, no. I never watched those. I just meant the how, like, at the end, Asanyo has, like... Uh, bewitched Oh Gong, and you're just like sitting there with anxiety, like, What's she gonna do now that she's won? She's done everything, she's the master. And then two minutes into the next episode, O okay. Gong is like, Nope, it didn't get me.
0: Yeah, like all you have uh, to do is watch two minutes, and okay, yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting out. I was like, No, the last two minutes of the show <laughs> are the parts where they spoil show, everything. Yeah, where they spoil the whole show for you.
1: <laughs> I never watched that.
0: I shouldn't, but yeah. I always feel like if I watch to the very end, if I'm watching them before you, we sh- we share an account. I don't know if we're supposed to share that. We share an account uh, to watch these episodes on, and I always feel bad because I always feel like I end an episode and Emily's going to have to watch just that part.
1: Uh... That's so nice. I always try and put it back at the beginning, but I don't know if it works.
0: You're way better about it than I am, because usually it does start at the beginning for me. Especially with this one. It didn't as much when we were watching through Drama Fever. We watched this one through Vicky.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm just a better team member now. Maybe I'm growing. <laughs> it's better when we can watch, one of us can watch on Vicky and one of us can watch on Drama Fever. That's just the easiest
0: it's also funny because the translations are slightly different, and so coming yeah. back, we're like, they didn't say that.
1: <laughs> but it's it's a good time. Anyways, I think at the beginning of 13 is when you hear most of Asanyo's backstory, which I think is super intriguing. Super cool that she was stabbed in the back. I just think that makes a good villain. Yeah. But I kind of felt bad for her, and I was like, don't make me feel bad for a crazy person. I don't like that.
0: Yeah. She's out of control, and I don't really want to empathize with her.
1: Yeah. She's the worst. And I tried not to feel bad for her, but I still do. Just a little bit. Very quickly into episode 13, there's a really funny line that I wrote down. That I want to share with the class. It was, <laughs> um, it's Ma Wong's fault. Whenever you're suffering, blame others. It's good <laughs> for your mental health.
0: I remember that, and I remember being like, "Oh, that is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do."
1: <laughs> but it's definitely a Sonogong line,
0: right? He's the worst. He's like somehow and just one ancient child (laughs) (laughs) like he's just gotten by through the years just being the most petty and it really shines in moments like that
1: so good i think very quickly after that was when he proposed to send me
0: oh so sweet i got little butterflies yeah those kids are so cute sometimes
1: they're real cute. They're uh, a dangerous duo, yeah. but real cute.
0: They've been getting better in ways. They're always better up until the point when they remind me how easily she was fooled by the death bell. And then I'm like, oh, yep. Nope, I'm cranky again. Thank you, guys. Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> I think they're super cute together. And then just as people sometimes, I'm like, uh oh. yeah, Me's kind of... Kind of dumb sometimes, and kind of damsel in distress too much sometimes. And Sun o Gong's a man child, and it, uh, I like them together, but as people, I don't know if I like them anymore. I I have my ups and downs, I guess.
0: Same. I think I'll always like Xiong Me just fine. Like I'll always. I think she's great. I do. But you're right, she has been a bit of a damsel. for. She's got, like, a five or six episode streak of just, like, being a damsel. And then she, yeah, she just does some dumb stuff and it's really hard to stay on someone's team when everything else is so stressful and I just, like, really need a break from everything. And she's like, no breaks. I think this is a death bell. Or a love bell. It's not. It's a death bell. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's just that thing where as soon as I am kind of reconciling, like you said, every once in a while, like, it, it ebbs and flows. As soon as I start to reconcile with them, immediately they're like, don't forget that they are two people who make terrible decisions always. <laughs> like, and it's the same for him. Like, I'm, I'm down on her, but he has a huge propensity to, as soon as I'm warming up to him, say something really, really shitty. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're a jerk. I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. You're a huge jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're both, like I said, I ebb and flow with my likening towards them, but... uh They've both got their their pitfalls and they're pretty big ones.
0: It's good to have flawed characters. It is. I just wish it wasn't good until it wasn't, I guess.
1: <laughs> um, I wrote down that there's a lot of kissing in this episode. So much. But of- also just in this show.
0: Yeah, they love to kiss.
1: I'm kind of into it, but I'm also just baffled.
0: Yeah. It's definitely the most kiss-heavy K-drama that I've seen, I think.
1: Yeah, if y'all watch K-dramas, let us know if there's another one out there that has this much kissing. Not because we're like pervs and want to see that. I'm just curious, because every other K-drama, I think even um, W, like, the only time they... Kiss is at like the very end of the show, and it's still like, just put your faces next to each other. Okay, a little bit closer now. And you're technically kissing. Good yeah. job.
0: I think, definitely, at the very least, this one has the most kisses that are immediately reciprocated. Because there's always like the first K drama kiss where one of them is too shocked to kiss back or doesn't want to and then usually there's a second kiss where it flips and the and the character who was kissing before is like very surprised by the second kiss. It's just a weird trend that K-dramas <laughs> seem to follow. And then and the yeah, very
1: last moment of the last episode is a normal kiss.
0: Yes, they finally get to kiss like normal people. And so yeah, it's definitely the most kiss-heavy where they're both kissing each other. Especially in the circumstances, because they fight so often that I just expect them to- I guess it's not really fights, they just like- I don't know. There's so much conflict in this show that I always expect them to just be like, never mind, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) But that's just me, that's just how I feel.
1: Yeah. Raquel's ready to give up. But they're soulmates, Raquel.
0: Soulmates.
1: Soulmates. They ring the bell. (laughs) <laughs> Whichever bell it may be.
0: It's been wrong.
1: Thirteen is when you find out that Asanyo has some power over Winter General and Summer Fairy. I was freaking jaw on the floor.
0: Right. Oh my god. I was at that moment it's like, don't drag them into this. Like, <laughs> <you're>... <laughs>
1: They had to be tainted. It was kind of a cool... um, I liked that they formed teams where there was kind of a definite line of good guys and bad guys for just a minute. They kind of disbanded it, and obviously PK always flips back and forth, but it's interesting to see, here's the team of good guys, here's the team of bad guys.
0: Yeah, like sitting at the table. Trying to, well, I guess, is that episode 14 that they all sit at the table together and try and hash it out? Because the Winter General and Asanyo pull off like the heist of the century, or is that later?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's one of these four. We all remember. Yeah. It's very cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I think even in that moment, though, it's hard to even, for me, to view Winter General as a bad guy, because his motivations are so pure.
1: Right, I think that's the point. Like, he has opportunities to be evil, and he doesn't take them. He only takes opportunities to protect his sister. He goes as far as he's, like, contractually obligated to, and no further.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's so good. I love him so much. (laughs) I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him for the choices he made. But, I mean, he didn't... I guess was there ever really a choice if he was protecting Summer Fairy? Because it feels like it would would have ended up breaking bad no matter what.
1: <laughs> Their love was so pure.
0: But before all of that happens, um, Hasanyo convinces Ma Wong, who has turned out to be the most gullible person at this point. I'm um, yeah, I loved him, but. I just, every five minutes, he is convinced to be a different way.
1: <laughs> like, uh, he's so flip-floppy. Yeah, the
0: only person who flip-flops more than Ma Wong is PK. And even then, PK, you kind of know where he's going to be. He's going to side with Buja, no matter what.
1: Even if Buja's body is possessed by a completely different person, yeah. he will still side with Whoever that person is. Right. If they look like Bujat, <laughs> If they
0: look like Bujat, she must be in there. And so definitely go with whatever she says.
1: But Ma Wong is a wild card.
0: Yeah. Every other episode, he's on someone else's team, which is harrowing.
1: It's very frustrating. I Okay, so at the end of episode 13, my computer was freezing up. So just a little side check here. I started looking up stuff about the actor behind Ma His name is Cha Sung Wan. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. I was just curious because I think it was in episode 13. He's standing next to, uh, Buja, and he looks significantly taller than her. Like a weirdly tall person. So I looked him up, and he's six foot two, Whoa. which is very tall. Very tall for a person. Yeah. Extremely tall for a Korean person. Apparently, know. he's a model. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. I guess I, he's 47 now. He was a model. I don't know if he still is. But I was like, that's so neat. I thought he'd be like a variety show actor because he's a little crazy mm-hmm. in this show. Like, Mo Wong's a little crazy. <laughs> I don't know about the actor. And well, final fact. 'Cause me and Raquel are very good internet stalkers and we don't look very, look up very many facts about people. So just like three facts here. <laughs> um He's married he got married at twenty two.
0: Whoa, that's so young. He's been married for that's so long. So, young.
1: so cute, right?
0: Yes, I love that. You got married at twenty one, right?
1: Yeah, Jason was twenty two. Twenty two.
0: Aww. But it's only been like like a year, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, it was so long
1: ago. It's so long ago. We're going to be just like Cha Sung
0: Wan. Oh, that's going to be beautiful.
1: So cute, right? I just love that. So that made me on Team Wa Wang for life. I think it was a dumb thing to do, because like you said, he's very flip-floppy, and I think you're kind of supposed to go back and forth on whether you like him or not, and I'm like, die hard, because I like him as a person, based on these three facts.
0: That's fair. I feel like I've done that before as well, um... Not as much with K-dramas, but here in the States, where I know everything about every actor, unfortunately, I just soak it up. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't look these things up. It just comes to me. But I feel like um, there's a lot of actors in shows that no matter what they do, I like. they're my person. I'm on their team. <laughs> so I can I feel that. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah.
1: But we usually don't know... The actors behind K-dramas. Yeah. Just not familiar with that world, so it's unbiased reviews of K-dramas over here. Yeah. Completely unbiased.
0: Nothing is tainted by actually knowing the actors' past acting skills. (laughs) We really just go off. Though I do think it's uh, beneficial that we do that in the sense that I remember last K drama. If you'll, if you guys will forgive me for jumping back for just a minute to while you were sleeping, after we read the reviews, a lot of people were kind of hard on Susie. I thought she was, I thought she was good.
1: So, yeah, I thought she was great.
0: So I, uh I don't know. I kind of like coming in fresh.
1: See? Yeah, maybe she. Just had a bunch of scandals. I don't know. I don't know anything about Susie, so don't believe a word of this. Yeah. But maybe she had a bunch of scandals and people were like, I hate her for these things that she was accused of. Yeah. So I'm going to say she was a bad actress.
0: Or maybe she know. was in something before and she wasn't very good. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it.
1: Yeah. We don't know anything about anything. <laughs> That's why we're extra qualified to have this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So in episode 14 is when, yes, the heist of the century, right? They pull off a heist. Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think so.
0: Winter General and Asanyeo break into a museum and get the censor uh, because Ma Wong is gullible and is like, I will do whatever Asanyeo comes up with, whatever plans she has just to save my love, which, like, I get it, that's been his motivation, it's not necessarily out of character, but at the same time it's rough that he can't just pick a team and so (laughs) yeah, it's the worst, and so it's crazy too, because like, Secretary Ma who has picked a team, Ma Wong's team, is unfailingly loyal to him, and he will not listen to a word she says When she says, this is a bad idea, you need to not listen to her, he excuses Secretary Ma from the room. And I was hurt.
1: (laughs) His precious dog, he shunned her and told her to go. And it's, uh, it's just hard to watch. It's just hard to watch someone that you like make bad decisions and be very easily tricked by someone who... I think there's that contrast where Sonogong isn't our favorite person. He's not the best person, but he's never tricked by anyone. Like, he's, he just calls out lies as he sees them. And if someone, I feel like very often, especially with Asunyo, he kind of has a face off and he's like, You're a dirty liar. And a good amount of the time she's like, You called my bluff. <laughs> and sometimes she's like, No. I'm definitely not lying, and then she proves it, and it's kind of scary. But I like that he stands by his guns, and he's like, every time, I'm going to say you're lying. Because usually, you're lying.
0: Yeah, I love that it's almost like his power the past couple of episodes has been not being the most gullible. And it's (laughs) awesome because everyone else is falling for everyone else's crap that they throw at them. Everyone so weird. is taking every tricky demon at face value and just saying, yeah, okay, <laughs> I feel ya, that sounds about right. And it is so much to handle. <laughs> when they're all lying all the time, constantly, they prove to each other that they're lying all the time, and they're all still totally, li- yes, they tell the <laughs> truth a lot as well. Like, I haven't seen it recently, but... Just trust
1: me on this. Sometimes it's gotta be true. Yeah. No, it does not. Oh, um, the cliffhanger for 13 and the start of 14, we kind of brushed over because it's not like super important. But it was one of those, like I said, the false cliffhangers where Ma Long takes, um, supposedly 99 years of. Chowdun's punishment. And you find out that he didn't. He couldn't take it. So Ogon took ten years of the punishment and Bori took one. Which is kind of funny. Kind of cute.
0: Yeah.
1: But very anticlimactic. I wrote that it was the most anticlimactic thing ever.
0: It was. Because it had its own full episode build. And They build up to this great big ending where he is being shot in the heart by all these fates, essentially, like all these stars are flying into his body. And at this point, I'm just kind of saying goodbye to Ma Wong in a way, Or, or the Ma Wong we know, I guess. I almost expected him to come back a changed person or something. Which kind of would have been cool. I would have been sad, because I actually do like Ma Wong quite a bit. But I kind of, I would have liked to see it, just to see some kind of change. But instead, he spends an episode kind of down and out, kind of off of his Kind feet. of? Yeah. But like, barely. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's just like a comedic tool, as he stumbles around blindly, and Secretary Ma has to guide him. And he just so, runs into it's shit. Kind of,
1: yeah, it's like kind of cute and kind of funny, but like not cute and funny enough to s- subdue my anger at being tricked once again by a good a good cliffhanger.
0: Yeah. I did think it was really sweet that Ogong took eleven of the hits. I really liked it because I've It's kind of that thing where I haven't felt the bromance as much, and you're like, no, there's definitely some moments, and I know there are, but I guess my idea of the best bromance is a really unconditional, like, we're bros no matter what, ride or die bros, and... (laughs) Wang and Ogong are definitely bros and to the extent that I don't think they actually want each other to suffer as much as they say they do they're bros but at the same time they're definitely always working to undercut each other for sure and so there was that moment where he was where he said I took 11 of those hits for you and I, I was there for it I was so there for it
1: uh his goodbye to Ma Wang was so manly. I think he just like pats him on the shoulder. Like, What's up? Yeah. Good luck. Good luck out there. Go do it. <laughs> but you can tell, like, all episode he's been telling people, like, say goodbye to Ma Wang. <laughs> and you can tell he's, like, a little bit sad and a little bit worried mm-hmm. it's under good. his douchebag facade.
0: <laughs> it's very pure. It's as pure <laughs> as Ogon gets.
1: So he gives him a little pat goodbye, and it's kind of sad. And uh, then two minutes into the next episode, they're fine. So whatever. Who even cares?
0: Yep. And then the heist, and we find out that... um, So Summer Fairy, who is a sweet, pure, good force, and only sweet and pure and good, goes to help Ma Wong through his hurts. And Winter General, who has made a deal with Asanyo to only ever help her so that she will not take his sister away, puts her to sleep and takes the thing, the sensor that ultimately will cause a lot of problems. So many problems.
1: Uh, So many problems. (laughs) Let's not do this, Winter General. You're so powerful, and I hate it. Don't be like this.
0: Yeah, and pretty much this episode is watching them all not know what's happening. Cause essentially mm. Asanyo is switching bodies with Xiang Mi and they're all just wondering what Asanyo is what her next move will be walking around.
1: That's so true.
0: Not knowing was, anything.
1: There's a lot of buildup. And I feel like it paid off at the end of episode fourteen is when Mi has these, I think that part was kind of bizarre. She starts having these visions of, like, dropping the glass, but she keeps doing it over and over again and it's fine. It was kind of cool, kind of freaky. And then she just straight up passes out and goes into dreamland to meet Asanyo. And Asanyo tells her about the death bell and their twisted fate and the whole thing is, is bad juju. And I like I wrote, um, she can call Ogong, escape the dream, kill Ogong eventually by the fate of the death bell, or she can just go to sleep and she chooses sleep. And I was like, I relate to that. I think there's a lot of choices that if I could do something or sleep, I would almost always choose sleep.
0: (laughs) I didn't even think about it that way, but that is... So true. It's how I handle my problems. Whenever I'm really stressed (laughs) out or mad about something, I go to bed. I went to bed so early last night, which is why I could get up at six this morning to record this episode. Because I went through all of that and I was tired. I was so worn out. My roommates were like, hey, we're all home for a minute. So do you do you wanna hang out? And I was like, no, I need to go to bed. (laughs) I've been
1: watching this show all day. But like if the choice was kill your future husband or go to sleep. Mm, for sure. I think a lot of
0: people would choose sleep. For sure. I'd just go to bed. I love that.
1: It's that a d- good decision. Yeah. Or at least a believable decision. Yeah. Maybe not a good decision.
0: It would be a nice it it would be a nice relief from the drama. <laughs> I envy her. I envy that she could, that she was given the choice of eternal sleep.
1: <sighs> it didn't last very long. No, which I it think never does. Was, it was a cliffhanger that lasted longer than usual. I think it was like almost a whole episode, maybe more than a whole episode.
0: Yeah, she it was, was cool. asleep for a good minute. And the main downside to that is how much I hated asanyo in Sionmi's body.
1: But that acting, though, so that was so good. She She's is... a totally different person. Yes,
0: I was so impressed. I loved that acting. That, that's something that has been pretty amazing to me is that they have these different actors that have to play the same character, essentially. Like the actor who plays Booja and the actor who plays on Me had to play at some point, not at the same time. But they had to play the same character, believably. Like They had to essentially pass it off to each other. And it's so cool. I think it's cool to be able to compare acting styles in the same show. Oh, she was so good at being Buja, and she was so good at being Asanyo, and then somehow the actress who plays Sion Me was able to take that and be a believable Asanyo ah and also be a believable Sion Me in the same show. It's so good. It's such a good way to show how talented an actor is.
1: Yeah, and I didn't think of it that way until you said it, but Asanyo ah doesn't have an actress like just for her. Where it's, I feel like it's one thing, I don't know anything about acting to Watch, um, so and so play Asanyo for like half a season, and then she like switches souls and bodies, and then another actor has to mimic that actor. But it's just these two actresses came together and were like, we have to decide what this person is like. We have to decide what little actions she does and how she reacts to situations all on our own. And be the same. I don't know. I think it's it would be so much harder to yeah. just think about a character together than to be able to two people watch a third person do do a character and then mimic it. It's
0: amazing. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. They did
1: so good. I don't know. So I th- feel like that got me through how... Much I hated her, which is to say, I think she's a very good villain. Yes. I think she's a very likable villain.
0: Or hateable. You'd love to hate her. Yeah, you'd love to yeah. hate her. It's awesome. Because every once in a while there's a villain. For example, I do feel like Ma Wong has been a bit of a villain on and off. Mm-hmm. Everyone has. Everyone's been a villain on and off. And it makes me nervous when people like that are villains, because I don't want to hate them. I don't want to, and so it's hard. Whereas I loved to hate Ah Asanyo, specifically in Mi's body. I don't love her in Buja's body, but something about just how gross she made me feel when she was coming on to Ogong in Mi's body was... Real good. Like, I hated it. I hated it (laughs) so much.
1: There's a part at the beginning of episode 15 where Ogong uh, has just, like, seen Sunmi right after she woke up. And obviously Ogong sees through every trick, so he knows that something's wrong. It's not Sunmi. It's Asanyo. And he, like, walks out of the room, and he's like, you said... That you'd come when I called you. That you'd be here to protect me. And he starts calling her name. And it actually broke my heart. That was so believably... Just just the love was strong there. And I feel like like we said, the, those two characters fight a lot. So you don't feel as much of the love as you want to. But it was there in that moment. And it made me so sad. And then for the rest of the episode to see asanyeo in sunmi's body abuse that It's like you feel the hatred so powerfully
0: oh my god yeah they did build a i think they built up a really really powerful episode 15 it's maybe my least favorite episode though
1: (laughs) fair enough (laughs) it was hard Because usually 15 is the penultimate episode, like almost every K-drama has 16, so I kept thinking that it would build up to something, and then it would all, you know, kind of come back together in 16. And I think it was very unsettling how 15 and 16 were just more content.
0: Um, My roommates watched the episodes with me. I can't imagine how confused they must have been, just jumping in. But I was just in the living room watching these K-dramas, and they watched it with me, and I had to explain to them how I was upset for many reasons, but one of those reasons being that there's this thing that all K-dramas do, and it always like upsets me in a very like normal way, I think, in that I don't hate the K-drama for it, I'm just frustrated, because we watch in the last couple of episodes as they only add plot lines, they don't solve anything, And I was going through that during episodes 15 and 16 where I was reaching that point where I felt as if there was no way to wrap this all up. And I was kind of freaking out and they were just sitting there enduring me screaming at the TV screen (laughs) like a (laughs) child, like I couldn't contain myself, um. But yeah, that's how how it is. They're doing that thing where they introduce new plot lines. And I don't feel prepared for that. Because there's so many things that still are happening. For example, they introduced all these new plot lines. And then they also were like, remember how the world is also going to end and we haven't talked about it in a good minute?
1: No, I forgot. Thank you. (laughs)
0: And then they remind you, and you have to feel terrible about all of the new stuff, and then the old stuff, too. And it's a lot to handle. That's
1: a good... That's very well put. That's why we're uh, so uncomfortable with this drama. I hate saying there's too much drama, because that feels so dumb to be like, I love K-dramas, but not the dramatic ones. (laughs) But this is so many plots. Not so much drama, just so many plots.
0: It's definitely one of the heaviest. I feel like it's definitely a kind of a burden. There's so much drama.
1: Should have binge watched it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so in episode 15, there's a reason it's my least favorite. Because all this time that Winter General has been helping Asanyo possess and continue to possess Xion Mi's body. Summer Fairy has opposed the plan because she's good and she's friends with Mi, to the extent that any demon can be friends with a human and she cares about all the people that it's hurting and she finally reaches a point they find out, everyone finds out that either Winter General or Summer Fairy or both are in on the plan and they go after them and summer fairy is essentially like yeah i'm not gonna be used as essentially just the the weapon that holds all of my friends hostage and she says goodbye
1: oh man that scene was brutal that i mean there was a lot of build-up to it there was a lot going on you're so excited to finally see Summer Fairy. And then immediately you're so worried because you can see how scared Winter General is that she's left him. And very quickly, everything comes together. And then you're sad that Ogong is going to kill the Winter General. And then you're sad that Summer Fairy is saying goodbye to her older brother. And her brother is just... Torn up about everything. hes He doesn't want to lose his sister. He's willing to destroy the world to save Summer Fairy. I just don't. He's
0: a good big brother.
1: He's a really good big brother. And then Summer Fairy disappears, and I felt like it was too fast. I wish they had dragged that pain out longer, because I loved seeing Summer Fairy.
0: Me too. She was as beautiful as they said, and also, I thought that the characterization was so good. Once again, like, two actors playing the same character. But then when she came out of his body and she was, like, her own character for just a minute. I loved, I don't know if you noticed this, or maybe I'm just putting too much on it. I loved that her voice was kind of deep. Like, it was really pretty, but it was a little bit, like, deep and and almost gruff, even in its femininity. And I loved that because she spent so long in her brother's body and you don't know how she actually sounds or how she is, but she sounded similar. Like, she sounded a little bit like when she was in the Winter General's body and I really liked that.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's so neat. Man. 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 I miss her already. Me too. She was beautiful. She I was... just want Ogong and Winter General to go back to being best friends. That is the only way to to put a band-aid on this, on this wound.
0: Right. So here's where I'm at. By episode 15, they've killed off my favorite character, Summer Fairy. They've essentially demoralized... And, like, beaten down my other favorite character, Winter General. They've taken away the bromance, which is all I want. They've taken away that good good bro friendship between Winter General and Ogong. And I have nothing left. They've taken it all. (laughs) Well played, Hayugi. Well played.
1: It's just that easy. Um... Apparently it was halfway through the episode that Ogon gets Sunmi back, which can we talk about? I know this is so nitpicky, but I hated how much they would say Samjong instead of Sunmi. It's like, you're not getting Samjong's... Soul back. You're getting Sun Mi soul back. I don't know. To me that it's just like so much more romantic, especially when yeah. Ogong says Sun me, rather than Samjong.
0: I agree. I agree. And I also feel like it's inaccurate even because technically speaking Samjong was still Samjong. Like the body
1: That's what I thought. I thought made. the body is Sam and the soul is Sun Mi.
0: 'Cause didn't Ao Sanyo want to become Song like and in that she was successful. Like she got the blood, she got like She got the body. She got the body, she got the contract, I'm pretty sure. Like So it's got...
1: confusing to be like, We gotta save Song And yeah. they didn't do it too often. They did about fifty yeah. fifty. But I was like, Can't we save Sunmi?
0: Just always, just like across the board, let's just say Sunmi.
1: I mean he started saying my bride at some point, which is a little bit cute and a little bit like I feel like only old movies say my bride.
0: Yeah. It's that not- it always makes
1: me think of like the bride of Frankenstein.
0: Yeah. I always just feel like it's outdated and possessive a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know, it was kind of sweet, I guess. I guess okay.
1: <laughs> I think she says my groom sometimes as well, so it's like okay, you balance it out, but we're gonna we're gonna stick with Sun Mi here. Um, so he saves her, he wakes her up, and for some reason sends Ma Wang to get Asanyo ah out of the dream. The worst decision.
0: Yeah, because he's gullible. He's the most gullible. It's. They assign all of this power to Ma Wong, which is, I guess, why they send him on the equally dangerous, I guess, like, obviously, Ogong is going to go and get Xion Mi. Like, obviously. So, like, the next most powerful person they send in to entrap... Aosanyo again, put her back to sleep for eternity, which would have honestly been fine and would have definitely solved a lot more problems. Uh, but Ma Wong can't be trusted because she knows all of his weaknesses, and immediately it took no time at all for her to change his mind. It wasn't, there was not some slow and steady convincing or some distribution of evidence here's evidence for my case that your child with a goddess may still be alive she essentially just laid it out like what What if they're still alive and he was like oh you must know something I'll keep you around oh. why?
1: just think about it and find it out on your own you yeah. don't need her you for don't. anything.
0: just put her to sleep she's the worst
1: she's being um. the worst I did really like when Ma Wang kind of laid it out to Secretary Ma, both because I think it's nice that he's got an advisor that he's best friends with, but also just the scene that played out where he was like, So my child died, and then my wife or whoever, Cha Un, committed this sin of like collecting souls to try and save their child. And then Ma Wong had to serve a thousand years as punishment. And they were like, think about it in reverse. Doesn't it make way more sense? And I was like, my mind is blooming up. This does make way more sense. You did so good with the setup and the delivery and all of it. I liked that.
0: That is pretty good.
1: But why do you need Asanyo for any of that? You don't need to keep her around. Just because she told you a fun fact. That blew your dang mind. Like, alright, well, sleeper hold.
0: Right, and I just feel like even if she had said something, for example, to O Gong that kind of blew his mind, I don't know what that would have been in this fictional timeline that I'm throwing out there. I feel like he still would have, yeah, I he would have essentially said, doesn't matter, you just told me the only thing I needed to know about it. Either way... That's all the
1: information you have.
0: Yeah, either way, I know you're a tricky bitch, so get in the coffin.
1: Get in the stupid coffin. What's even the point? Yeah, so Ma is like, all right, you gave me information. That means you get to go free. It doesn't make sense.
0: Then he goes full rogue by episode 16. He goes full rogue and is just like, I don't trust anyone. I don't care about anyone. Uh, he makes some even more rash decisions by the end. Um,
1: he just, I think he ends by being like, mm, I'm going to eat sun B Or yeah. Sam-Jong, sorry. I'm going to eat sam Jung. We'll make that clear. He still probably likes sun B, just fine.
0: Yep. The plan is to become the most powerful, and so he's going to eat sam Jung, and a- ain't Fight that... the gods? Yeah, ain't that a lot to handle. Why did you go
1: off the deep end over this uh, crazy priestess?
0: I get it. The gods have not been kind to the demons, and the demons are finally clapping back. But, I don't know.
1: I don't know about all this. I, mm, I don't know. Um,
0: this episode is just... I was reeling through this last episode, so I've got, like... 16? Yeah. I was still bummed about what happened in episode 15, so I just kind of, like, sat and hung out through episode 16.
1: That's fine. It was a different show. I think they <laughs> they had a bonus episode that was kind of a spin-off series where this baby appears and... <laughs> Everyone's like, it's definitely Gong's. it looks like you, and I just don't get the joke. It's yeah. clearly not
0: his. Yeah, like, where would it have come from? I don't know. I My roommates were laughing as they watched it with me because a stork <laughs> dropped the baby off after they slept in the same bed together and it really felt <laughs> like the lie parents tell their children who are too young to know how babies are made like, two people really loved each other and they fell asleep and the next morning a stork brought a baby to them it was a heron i know it was a heron but still-
1: <laughs> i think that's supposed to be the joke like i think it's supposed to be like a little wink at everyone like you 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 all know this is what parents tell their children but I hated it I don't know why I hated it so much like well it's not stop making the joke that it looks like a gong and it's their baby because it's not how babies work
0: yeah I guess the hardest thing for me is that immediately it just put me on edge because kids are fine I like kids just fine but the last thing this entire show needed was a baby because right now they've got someone in a coma they've got someone who is like not who they say they are like under the wrong identity they've got um a baby apparently Uh, they've thrown (laughs) a baby in there and like on top of the fact that like so and so wants to kill so and so and it just felt very Ah, oh, this sounds so mean to assign this to a K-drama that I actually think is really well made, but it felt a lot like a soap opera. To throw mm. just a baby on top of everything else. It's was like, now you're just generating, like, blindly generating drama. Like, what would be the most dramatic thing here? Instead of being true to the story and letting the story generate drama... They just st- it felt like they started doing all the cliches by throwing yeah. the baby in the mix. And I, it was a lot for me, I guess.
1: Yeah, which they didn't, I guess, to their benefit. They did not keep the baby. Yeah, it was it just was not theirs to keep.
0: It was just the weirdest plot device to get them to a certain place.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just send a letter next time. <laughs> The doctor sent a baby?
0: Yeah, because I really liked that. I liked that I went back to the place Mi was born, and she experienced so much misery, and it was reframed for her by someone who knew better. I loved that, because I think Mi needed that for more character development. She had lived such a miserable childhood, and it had controlled so many of her decisions, like that time that she essentially walked away her childhood inside of a book. And I think she really needed someone to kind of lay it out for her and let her know, you were never cursed. You were always Samjong. Some things changed later, but you were always special. I was kind of down for that. That's
1: kind of cute. And they brought Jonathan back, which is nice. Right. Good to see you.
0: <laughs> Spoking English. God, English <laughs> better
1: than Raquel did.
0: <laughs> Much better than I can.
1: He spoke the king's English, which is always fun in a K-drama, and he made Hanju speak English. Jonathan and Hanju are the best friends that I love to watch the most.
0: Right? I'm pretty sure Hanju is my new favorite character since they took away everyone else I love. <laughs>
1: That's fair. Hanju just pops up every so often, and he's that good comedy. Yeah. Like, they gave Ma Wong a baby to make him comedy, and I felt like he did okay. But he's just that, like, back and forth, is he good or is he evil, so I can't trust him. Hanju's consistently naive and adorable and funny.
0: Yeah, and sometimes he says, like, terrible stuff, but it's comical in that, oh, humans kind of way as you're (laughs) watching it. If mm-hmm. if only these were our problems instead of what our actual problems are right now. Have you have you heard of the drama of demons haunt you? Never do. Never change.
1: Never change. Never know the real world. Hello him.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, they, they go to the hospital with the Doctor Heron. That's what I named her. She probably said her name at some point. But Doctor Heron talked to Sun Mi for a while and that was fine. Pretty cute little healing moment. But then Sonogon goes back later and is like, I was I was reading between the lines. I know you wanted to say something to me. And <laughs> not me. So that's the point where she's like, Oh yeah, so I was the last protector of the last samjang and you have to stab samjang with a sword. Okay. <laughs>
0: Of course, of course he does.
1: I don't know what to do with that information. It makes me very sad. Yeah. I knew it was coming in a way. But, uh I don't want to watch the show anymore. No. Let's skip to episode 20, like I always do. Yeah, I felt- And next episode, Frikel will tell me all about what happens in the three in-between episodes.
0: Shoot, <laughs> Maybe I'll just make someone else watch it and they can tell us and I can also watch episode 20 because I'm tired. I'm, like, it's a lot. Because that episode ends with him fulfilling his promise that he makes after the heron tells him that, where he goes and gets the sword and lets the heron end her life because she's so torn up and, like, just the husk of a person after having to kill Sun Jong, but then continue living.
1: And... and this whole show has been, or I guess a lot of this show, since the death bell rang, has been everybody being like, definitely Sun Mi is going to kill Sun Gong. And we're like, uh, I, don't I don't know if that's true. And now it's pretty clear that Sun Gong has to kill Sun Mi. And it's just going to be real sad. Then he gets to live his life without her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm ready for it. It's
1: going to be a long life.
0: Yeah. I think the hardest part about how much drama I feel like we've been through with this particular K-drama is that I've reached this weird point. Maybe I talked about it in the last episode, but I've reached this weird point where I'm pretty much ready for everyone to die,
1: so... Yeah, I totally... There was a moment where I was like, Sonogong is going to just, like, bow his head, understand his fate, and be like, I have to save the world and kill Jong. And I don't know why I thought that, because he super loves Jong and he super doesn't care about the world. But I was waiting for it. I was waiting for him to be like, it is my fate and my destiny and the code of the samurai... This is must be done. But no, he just puts the sword in the stone and is like, pass. Hard pass.
0: Yeah. Like, not going to do that. And I guess I get it. But also, I'm like, well, that's the world then. Except it's not. Because apparently, in this show, there's a million different ways they can try and convince us that it could be either Sionmi or Ogong that dies. Because at the very end, they're like if he doesn't do it, he has to die. And it's like, okay, great. Cool. cool, cool,
1: cool. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah. I think next episode we'll, we will talk a lot more about El Presidente because mm-hmm. he has a looming role in the background, but I just do not care about him.
0: Yeah, me neither. I, I guess all I want to say for the sake of the podcast, is that him and Asanyo obviously have something cooking, and it's like, essentially the end of the world. Like, they're it. That's them. They're the evil that's forces them. that will end the world, if they're able to. So, that's where that's at. And cool, cool, cool. I'm sure something great will come of that, as, <laughs> as things do in this show.
1: At this point, I'm just really curious what everyone else watching this show thinks I hope people are watching it along with us whether it's today or like two years from now I want to listen back on this episode and read all the comments and see what other people if anybody else is like no this is the best show I've been watching it also for four weeks now and it's just super great still Oh my people are like I binge watched it and it's great if you do it that way or what I want to know I want to know what people are doing, what they're thinking.
0: I also, like, I'm at that point where, like I said, everyone could die, and I wouldn't care, but I do kind of want to talk about it, so if you, like, wanted to even talk spoilers, there's a solid chance that tonight I'm gonna just watch at least most of the rest of the series, if not the rest of it. So if there's something that you want to talk about about it, like, can't really spoil it for us anymore you can spoil it for other people so you'll need to email us instead of like comment somewhere but uh tell me i'll be okay
1: please. <laughs> even if it's everybody dies yeah. we'll be okay let us know email us those spoilers at playonkpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, or you can reach us through our website. There's places to comment on the episodes or all of our contact information is there. It's just playonk.com.
1: You can leave any any shout outs. I don't know, any ats on Twitter, at playonk. Just let us know what you're feeling. Yeah. How cool. we're doing.
0: <laughs> well, I, I... Our Twitter was, at one point when we started the episode, used to uh, we live tweeted the first episode of this and i can't wait to go back at the end of it
1: (laughs) we were so young then
0: we were so young we didn't know um so yeah like go check out all those live tweets as well so you can remember how naive we were um and then head over to itunes and rate and review us if you don't mind Hopefully it's a good <laughs> it would be such a shame to have our first like rate and review be like one star. These morons think they're qualified to talk about K dramas.
1: But and they seem to hate the best ones.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like if you feel so inclined, you can pop on over there and rate and review us.
1: Yeah, yeah. And as always, thanks for listening. We will be back. Next week, with the final four episodes of Haiyugi, we're going to push through. We're going to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> well, really, really. Well, at least we're going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Wait. Thanks, James Hevel, for our theme song that we love so much. Thanks, James. <laughs> we will see you guys next week.
1: Bye. Bye. Pop.